0: Uh, today, we'd like to welcome two new guests. Uh, first one I'll introduce is Delena. Hello. Hi, Delana, Uh Delena Kinnison. You are joining us today to play as a guest character that I can't say because it's kind of a surprise. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with D&D?
1: Well, I haven't had a lot, but my friends, you all have played quite a few times. So I've jumped in some games here and there with you all. And that has been about all my experience so far.
0: That's great. And we try to play a game that is open to people who've been playing for many, many years and not so many years. And so that's great that we can get a
2: mixture of guest stars as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
3: our second guest, I don't think has ever played. No. Yeah. First experience. And in
2: fact, yeah. Yeah, hasn't had experience in anything uh, for a year. Right. <laughs> he's <are> had <laughs>
4: no years of experience. Zero <laughs> yeah. no years of experience.
2: Delena, do you want
0: to introduce the, the second guest?
1: Um, or we Brad. have our little friend Lance, who belongs to he's, Brad.
2: Oh, he's oh. eating the microphone. You might be able to hear him eat the microphone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he thinks it's ice cream. He's
5: really grabbing it. Yeah, make oh, those noises. That's yeah. Lance. Make him make some noises.
2: Yeah, hey, poke his butt. Say something. Poke his noise button <laughs> <laughs> <Just> pinch him. <laughs> what are you
0: doing? <laughs> hey,
6: what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> he's just headbutting the yeah. mic. I hope that's you guys beautiful. heard that smile on Mike. Oh was, yeah, that no. was nice yeah. Perfect.
0: Ah, well, Lance, <laughs> you, um, a man of few words, yep. but you got the point across. Might, that microphone looks, looks like progress. ice cream. You'll hear him funny <laughs> later. On. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, welcome to D and D, and welcome to Chasm Quest.
1: Thanks. Yay! We're excited.
0: So if you hear uh, baby noises throughout the episode, that's uh, Brad. That's Brad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's go. Finally, after all that trouble fixing up the Lock Islands, it were time to go home. Me and the boys were excited to have our ship back up to snuff and to see Henry Locke back on top. No more blight and no more mutinies. Although the disturbing things we learned while on the isles ...had us worried about our return. We had to be smart... ...and we had to act quick. We needed to find Lady Brit in the Resisters... ...in the hinterlands of Dunshire... ...also known as... ...the... ...birthplace of Rory... ...A.K.A. The Ori, ...Harbinger of Death... ...the Hammer... Yeah, ...you've you heard it all before. Anywho... That was to be our first mission back in Treeland. And I'll tell you what, they gave us (laughs) quite the welcome.
0: The last bit of brown-dried blight vines are burned away from the market square by a gnome flamethrower. Henry picks up her stone head and places it on top of the statue, where Riggs, the gnome, had just applied an adhesive. Shantytown's buildings have been cleared of rubble, and the Star's Guide pub is now open for the first time to new patrons. Things are finally settled here at the Lock Islands. The blight has been defeated and the rule of Henry Locke restored. The Pirate Queen nods in approval, then heads toward the docks. There we see a dozen ships docked, some returning, some new to Shantytown. Henry smiles at the sight. After months of hard work and determination, things are starting to get back to normal. As normal as a pirate island can be. She continues out until she's before a glorious ship that's being loaded for a new journey. Weapons, ammunition, food stores, and the like. This ship is heading for home, back to the kingdom of Treyland. Adric the Anvil and his men are finishing loading the gatling gun wagon onto the ship. So during this period, we recorded a bunch of Lock Island memories. If you want to hear how the Lock Islands were rebuilt, go ahead and find us on Patreon. You'll be able to find all the episodes there. We'll release a couple on the main channel. But uh, in the meantime, I had you guys decide on some cool new features for Thessala's Grace to be rebuilt that were unique to what you guys decided. You guys want to talk about those things?
5: Well, aka Thessala's Grace or the Naked Lady or the Valorious Scoundrel or the Naked Abram the we haven't quite scoundrel, yeah. valorous, yeah. valorous Scoundrel. I don't know what Valor is. <laughs> Who said that?
0: It sounds really like sci-fi-y. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have the list here. You guys chose Fireproof Resin yeah. slash possibly Dragon Scales. We'll see how that works out yeah. in one of our memories. Tornado Cannon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was not a thing, you um, idiot.
0: You guys wrote anchor harpoon, but nobody ever really described what that is. So that is
2: something that uh, we imagine would be on the stern of Mm -hmm. the ship. Uh, That's the back, right? Yeah. Uh, And we would basically shoot a harpoon into a ship that is following us. And at the end of that line that was attached to the harpoon is an anchor that we can just throw off the ship. So it would forcibly stop any ship that's uh, that's following
0: And attach it to your ship. Well, no, no. Attach
5: it to their ship. So their ship is chasing us. We shoot them with a harpoon with an anchor on it. Throw the anchor overboard. Boom. Their ship stops. Oh, and so they have to remove yeah. it before nice. they yeah. are able to catch back up with us.
4: I like it.
0: Yeah. You also chose floating bombs, the rowdy buoys. Yeah. <laughs> the rowdy buoys, uh, mostly for the name. <laughs> there is a dragon face bow using the dragon skull that was harvested from the white dragon you guys fought back in the Pearl Islands. In the Blue Blue battle. Eyes White Dragon. Blue Where Eyes White Dragon, dragon. Yep. And that will pump oil out of the mouth, like mm-hmm. kind of like a flamethrower, yep. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll uh, get more details on that later. And the dragon bone masts.
5: Uh, so the idea there was to have a reinforced mast because what happened to us previously was very detrimental yeah i mean it, it like essentially crippled us yeah, by not having rory alone
3: took out an enemy mask yeah. that was just like <laughs> yeah
5: oh. yeah <laughs> so dragon bone super super resilient and nice. so having a dragon bone mass not only would it look fucking badass mm-hmm. but it also would be capable of standing more than one hit
0: Perfect. yeah and the crow's nest being a magical seeing platform i don't know about
5: that
2: I think that was in there, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A
5: magical seeing platform. So it, it, How does an, that work? It, one that enhances vision. So if you are up on the crow's nest, then by being there, your vision is enhanced
3: in a Whoa. way that. Yeah,
2: presumably just advantage on uh, perception checks while we're nice. in the crow's right. nest.
3: Did we discuss that? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. That, that. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> sounds cool. That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: I, I, re- I remember that. I don't remember. Yeah. We discussed a lot of things. I, sounds- I wanted
3: a second. Uh, crow's nest like right. two together with with oh. the uh, yeah with a zip line right across the two.
0: Oh, nice yeah there is one there is a line here that says zip line between mass so yes. yeah so <laughs> we can have two crow's nests yeah yeah well, but the, the
5: magical one is like the center bone the
0: but dragon tower, bone one yeah. the nice. boner one the bone, bone tower. tower. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is a really cool name. Really fast dingies. <laughs> yes, that was my idea. That was such the, like oh, such nice. a great name. Uh, yeah. So we yep we will figure out how um, how that gets incorporated. Speedboat
2: dingies. Speedboat
0: dinghies.
2: Uh, <laughs> Getting the uh, the uh, the dinghy. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that dinghy over there. That, that uh, dinghy. was ding dinghy? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. And last but not least, uh, Han Soloing it it's the smugglers' compartments. Yeah, Nice, Mm -hmm. which natural for any pirate Mm -hmm. uh, ship. So, nice. So, yes, this rebuilt ship, they have taken Thessal's Grace slash the Naked Lady. That was last episode in ruins, was charred, had been destroyed, and it is now rebuilt and sitting in the harbor. At the docks about to board the ship are you guys, the Rowdy Boys, who are in rough condition from their time with the Lock Island Pirates, but are excitedly discussing the places they're going to visit the food they've missed, the people they've left behind back in their homeland of Trayland. Henry approaches your group mid-conversation and is very happy, much happier than, uh, than the last time. I mean, she was pretty happy that you guys were there, but obviously Shantytown's in a much better condition. She says, uh, hello, friends. Today's the day. We're headed home. It's about time. It is.
3: Right. I've yeah, missed. to get there.
0: What are you guys excited about? I heard you guys kind of talking.
3: If I could make my way to Norholm, that would be outstanding. I wouldn't mind getting another Sandal Witch from the <laughs> Sandalwood tribe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that, like, deli stand in the middle of the forest. Yes. Right? Oh, no, it's
5: amazing. I thought it was something else. Uh, <laughs> this whole time you've been talking about Sandal Witches, I've really... Yeah, I'm talking really, a like mystical I, creature that's going to be fighting. I believe yeah. I got the
0: wrong impression yeah. as well. <laughs> the Sandal um, witch. <laughs> Anything else you guys are excited about?
4: Um... I j- I'm just excited to see my family. It's been mm. so long since I've seen my sisters, Roria and Alfia, and my mom. Hmm.
2: Wait, Your sister's name is also Rory. Roria. Roria. Okay. Roria. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was misunderstanding you this our entire great, time.
4: Our great grandpa, Rorigan. I'm <laughs> named after him. My little sister's named after him as
2: well. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Honorable. Yes.
4: Rorigan Kilgannon.
6: Strong family <laughs>
2: name. <Yeah>, a long line <laughs> yeah. of. Rory-sounding
5: names. I uh, I am excited about a nice, large glass of Kassanian wine. Mm. Yes.
0: Actually, Rory, funny you should mention Denshire, because that seems to be our destination.
4: We're going to Denshire first?
0: Yep. If we're going to be picking up with the resistors and trying to find Lady Brit, that'll be the best place to start. What was the last that was heard of her whereabouts? In Denshire. That's where she has made her stand. What's she been doing? We haven't had contact for a while, but the last we heard, she secured the southern half of Kinsdale.
2: That's where my family lives. Yeah, so... Uh, all right, I can't wait to meet
0: you. friend. Ah, me is, too. News is the halflings have taken up arms and are helping Lady Britt along with whomever has gone to join her movement.
2: If we have an army of Rory's, how could they possibly be standing in any chance? Whatsoever? That's a valid
0: point. I've seen you all in action now. You know, over the course of this past month, and yes, I agree. He could catch a, a cannonball. He did it. Twice. I've been working on it.
4: Yeah, yeah. I And mean, I got pretty darn hurt. But well, you remember?
5: Well, after that, you remember the two cannonballs you caught? Yeah, yeah, and then the the fourth one that knocked you out. Yeah, and we had to we had to wake you up with uh, raw salmon. I you still don't that? know
4: where that third one went. <laughs> caught the first two, third one gone, gone, <laughs> and then fourth one salmon. Wake up, salmon. Wake up, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: At that point, Erwin approaches with his bags packed and a sealed ceramic jar. It's crafted with the blue skies and gray waters of the chasm sea. On the front of it is a little art piece of Thessla's grace sailing into the horizon. Well, boys, I think it's time. Would you like to join me as I return Captain Abram to his quarters? I would be honest. Yes. Absolutely. Sure. So, the duke solemnly takes the ashes of Abram, Abram up the gangway, into the new and improved version of Tesla's Grace. Passing the wagon that was just loaded onto the main deck, Erwin continues up the stairs toward the captain's quarters at the stern. As he walks, the other men solemnly remove their hats out of respect. Erwin then opens the doors to the refurbished office. Scuttles was sitting in the chair, and he kind of perks up. Oh nothing, ah. And he kind of runs off to the corner, like, on a little bed of hay that he's created. What
2: was he doing in my chair? Terry! Um,
0: the desk has been repaired, maps reorganized, and all of Abram's trinkets, pipes, and souvenirs have their own special place. When Erwin sets the ceramic jar of ashes onto the desk, there's a moment of silence. Then a humming... A new energy, like gusts of wind, are forming around you. It feels like a wind blowing through, but the papers, your clothes, and hair don't move. Then suddenly, from a haze of shadows, steps the silvery ghost of Abram. He quietly takes his seat. All of you see him. Heard we're setting sail for Trailand. But it looks like you're a bit short on crew members, eh? Since I've been gone, I've made a few friends who are willing to help us
2: out on the, uh,
6: what'd you call it there, Kalloon?
2: The, uh, the Valor Scoundrel. Named oh. after you, my predecessor. I'm happy to take your place as captain of the ship. I, I, we're not...
0: <laughs> that's, Lance had something to
2: say about that.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah, that's that's not okay with the rest of us, just oh, so you know. We're
4: co-captaining the oh. Ship, the ship. oh, okay, sure, yeah. Well. You so are wait, like, wait. How, Abram, how are you appealing to everybody now?
5: You're your assistant to the regional captain.
0: Before he can answer, a rush of skeletal figures all in different stages of decay... All the same silvery wisps as Captain Abram all run past you (gasps) toward the deck of the ship. When you rush outside the captain's quarters to watch, you see vapors of men and women climbing the riggings and hoisting the sails with expert timing. It is as if they've been waiting for centuries for another chance to sail the chasm sea again. The other pirates shout and raise their weapons. Erwin screams, It's okay! Don't attack. <laughs> that's that's our new crew. Thanks, Abram. Thanks.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, Holy shit! Yeah, this I, is I, awesome. That is yeah. great. We're just running with this, then. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, god, yeah, no,
0: this is great. so cool. You, uh, you all now literally have a skeletal crew, and with that, you are ready to return home with Captain Abram reinstated. Oh
5: god, it's a skeleton crew. <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> This is the best callback of all time, I think. <laughs> let's just name it now.
3: Cue the xylophone noises.
0: <laughs> Scuttles is just oh. freaking out. Abram, oh, you're back. Oh, my God. And he goes to hug him and he hugs through him. And he's like,
4: oh, my God. What are you? It's cool. <laughs>
0: and he runs below deck. <laughs>
5: oh, man. That is so awesome.
0: Um, So let's see. Adric will remain at the Lock Islands with his crew to help run things while Henry's gone. On his way off the ship, though, he does walk up to you, Kalloon. Hey, I just need to let you know that um, be careful with the Gatlin. It might jam a little bit.
2: I know what I'm about. Uh, Keep them safe. I will, and uh...
7: Do not let me see you again. Understood. Same to
0: you. Henry, she's important here. Important to us. If you help protect her, uh,
2: you may just earn my respect. Do not want it. Fair enough. I just, I, I turn and leave.
0: Henry boards her ship, the Windward, which was recently recovered from the Rocknome tribe, and it's an old but reliable Trailender Navy ship. A dinghy, though, in comparison to her stolen warship, Maelstrom, but we'll have to do for the time being. Her crew consists of Ashley, or Asher, and Cass and Riggs. They watch the skeleton crew from a distance with amazement, then gasp at the ghost of Abram stepping out of the captain's quarters and grabbing the ship's wheel. Raise anchor! Let's set sail! Jacquard and Heather signal from the Sea dog ship. Their black sails unfurl and begin to lead the way out of Shantytown. Pirates race toward the docks and cheer as the three ships set off for the month journey back to Trelin. On the way out, Asher actually catches eyes with Telnius, and as her ship goes to be second in line, she kind of blows a little kiss toward you. I
5: uh I smile, look down, and blush, but don't
0: do anything else.
2: Can I perceive to see this? Yeah, sure. Uh, 19. Yeah,
0: you definitely, you were standing right next to him. <laughs> you just, like, watch that. You watch Asher, and then you watch Telnius' reaction.
2: Yeah, I got a grid on my face, and I'm, like, looking back and forth. I'm like, Telnius? Yes. Well, um, what's that about?
5: We, we want different things.
2: <laughs> what is that? What does that mean? Yes. That's nothing. You just told me nothing. Yeah. Yes. I knew. I need details. I walk away. So, wait, <laughs> I, I
0: follow him. <laughs> As you're chasing him out of game, you guys had different proficiencies to choose while you were on the Lock Islands learning how to be good old piratey uh, and rowdy boys. Uh, so the, the list is here, but if you guys want to go around and say which proficiencies you chose, you're welcome to
2: do so now. Sure. So I chose uh, me. Uh, I'm Colin Allen. Uh, I play Carl on Chasm Quest. Uh, I Doesn't chose. A lot. <laughs> I chose the gunsmithing proficiency. Proficiency with pistols and rifles. Uh, this also speeds up reload time and decreases risk of backfire. Reload takes a bonus action instead of a move, and misfire decreases by one. I did not take baby handling. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. Uh, and I also chose a tinkering proficiency. I gain proficiency with gunsmith's tools and black powder checks, assuming that I don't whatever. Uh, you also gain those tools for free, the result of tinkering you've done uh, as you prepared for the specialization. I can craft ammo, firearms, and black powder bombs, given the proper time and equipment.
5: Nice, cool. I, Micah Jordan, who also plays Calling you <laughs> on chasm Quest, on Chasm Quest, I chose arcane ammunition. It does require tinkering proficiency, but I can work with someone else who has the tinkering proficiency uh, to essentially attempt to imbue ammo with low-level spells. And I also took sleight-of-hand proficiency. Normally, the sleight-of-hand proficiency allows you to perform pistol and rifle tricks that can use this to gain advantage on any intimidation check, but I took it with an attachment on my arm to allow me to do sleight of hand for lock picking and other roguish activities.
0: Nice. Huh. That's awesome. And with lots of pirates around you, they would be more than
4: willing to help you
0: create an
4: arm attachment
0: of lockpicking tools. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, so this is me, Brad. I play Rory. And I also just want to let the audience know... Um, Delana took Lance out of the room to give him a good spanking. Ooh. He should know better than to make a mo- that much noise as a seven-month-old. Yeah, he's gotta learn young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Colin still hasn't learned. Spare
5: the
0: rod.
4: Yeah. I mean, we give Colin a spanking after every. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and it's never worked. It's never so, taught him. Yeah, you got to teach him while they're young. I think he
2: likes it. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it.
4: And the proficiencies uh, which I took were gunsmithing proficiency, which again. um, helps with pistols and rifles and other things. And then I took um, artillery and explosives. So I gain proficiency when I use cannons and other black powder heavy artillery found on ships. Um, I can also I'm also fascinated with gunpowder and have a proficiency with bombs and powder keg. Nice. Yeah. Hey,
3: everybody. Taylor here. I IAS, chose gunsmithing proficiency and I chose vehicle sailing proficiency. You can use the stars to guide. You also speed travel with fewer resources used and have advantage on keeping crew morale.
0: Yeah, so usually it's a month nice. and a half from Traylin to Lock Islands, but you've knocked it down to just a month. And there's right, few, See you next month, guys. There's, <laughs> heat, there's fewer resources being used, so yeah, it's good that at least one of you took that because awesome. it means more time.
2: I assume I have a pistol and a rifle. Uh, yep, you would have oh. at
0: least one and at least... Fifteen ammunition for each type
2: of. Okay, I would like to have both. If that's okay. Yep. All One right. of each. Yeah.
5: I like that reloading is a bonus action. That's pretty dope.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
2: do not have
5: either of those things. I did not take them.
0: But you can create really cool ammunition for other people. Right? Mm-hmm. Nice. You've had time to make at least three of those bombs. Cool. Nice.
5: And then if I was working with Kowloon, who was tinkering, was I able to make any...
0: You'd be able to make five of any one low-level spell integration.
5: Or Mm -hmm. one large-level spell?
0: (laughs) No, because I think it was defined... Up to level one, yeah.
3: And we all successfully made a lot of Rowdy
5: Buoys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Nice. I love that name. And in terms of the things on your ship, artillery will be anything like harpoons cannons the rowdy buoys and stuff like that so if there's any type of check that needs to happen with that brad you would have proficiency with that thing or help at least the crew handle those types of situations okay you guys have a month anything special you guys want to do any interactions with npcs or anything like that is captain Abrams still hanging around He is, but he is still a ghost. He's a spirit. So at times you can maybe catch him for like a small conversation, but mostly he is interacting with a skeleton crew. The skeleton crew is the same way. They are of another world. So they're there, but not fully there.
4: Abram, can I have, can I have a moment of your time? Hey, yes. Rory. It's good to be
7: back on this ship.
4: What, how are you back here? I think something happened,
7: the connection you had, and then when you followed through with what I said and how I now have something connecting me to this world, as if the scattering of me ashes is
0: somewhat of an incomplete mission I have.
4: Why me? Why did you choose to interact with
0: me? I had no choice in the matter.
4: I guess I just want to know... Once we return your ashes, once we spread your ashes, are you going to disappear then? I couldn't say for sure. Tell uh I just wanted me to ask you, are you okay? I am now.
0: I am now. And he begins to kind of like look out the window and he turns around to look out the window behind you all and he leans back in his chair and It's one of those moments where he stops answering questions. All right, maybe another time. Cool. Any other interactions you guys want to have?
5: So I do want to say I created with Kowloon three cannonballs or weapons with inflict wounds, um, which essentially adds an additional 3d10 worth of necrotic damage. Wow! And then two bullets with cure wounds in the hopes that we could, like, shoot them at friendlies <laughs> to heal them.
2: Don't worry, I'll save you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> unless unless you think that's stupid, because, like, who would <laughs> do your... that? In which case, it'd just be five inflict wounds.
2: Well, no, okay. you just pick up the bullet and throw it at them.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, like, so it's up to you. Can it be, like, yeah. a, a healing shot?
0: It wouldn't negate the, 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 the pistol damage. damage. It's still
5: okay. a weapon. Well, then we're going to do five inflict wounds.
0: Okay, and you said cannonballs, but did you mean bullets? It's oh. up to you. If you want to make a mixture of the of the five, that's fine. If you want them all to be cannonballs, that's fine. If you want to give everyone a, a special bullet, oh yeah, yeah, actually, then, yeah, yeah. And then have a few cannons. You're going to have more opportunities to use
4: your firearms than you already. Okay, use yeah, cannons. yeah.
5: Then then let's do all bullets. Five bullets. Each of us has at least one.
4: Nice. And and you said it has necrotic powers. Mm-hmm. And when Rory hears you say that Conlun helped you make bullets with necrotic powers, he goes. Yeah, your dad's definitely anti <laughs> I am. I, maybe I don't know, <laughs> but you know, if he
2: is, we'll uh, you know, I'll we'll kill, kill him. You. We'll yeah. kill him. Yeah, yeah.
5: Him, him, yeah. We'll yeah, take yeah him, we'll out.
3: Kill him. I have no attachment to him. And, and I'm I, just, I'm just at the wheel, and I'm just kind of like, just kind of turning the wheel and directing the sails and everything.
5: Hmm. You ever, uh, Colin? Remember when you said you were going to be the captain? Yes. <laughs> <That's, laughs> So I thought we had
2: agreed on it. I that was not Which, my fault.
5: I don't. I mean, obviously not.
2: I don't know if you like me. Or not. <laughs> We're friends. friends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will
0: say too when when Abram affirmed the naming of the ship because I imagine with the resin the wood would be kind of darkened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like maybe gray, more gray, black.
2: Yeah, I was thinking more of like a black sap. Nice.
0: And so I'm, I'm thinking the same ghostly silver shimmer that he is all of a sudden in Abram's handwriting, the valorous scoundrel is written on the side of the ship where Thessla's grace was once there. You can still, you can still look close and see the impression of that. And then maybe a few paint (laughs) flecks from uh, the naked lady painting. But, but yeah, I like that. Aias, while you're at the wheel one day and just kind of vibing with the ocean and and steering the ship for the first time, Erwin walks up to you and says, uh, So, any any reservation about returning home? About what we're about to try to do?
3: Well, I'm a little concerned. I feel like I've got a mark on my back.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess we all kind of have that now that we'll be helping... Lady Brittany, but um, I guess that's what I wanted to, to ask you. I mean, if, if Lady Brittany is, is claiming queen and you technically have bloodline claim to the throne, I just was wondering how you would navigate all that, now that I've propped you up in this, in this way. You're asking me if I want the throne. I'm asking what your plan is when we get to the Kingdom of Treyland.
3: Oh, my plan. It's hard to really make a plan these days. I mean, who are we supposed to meet with upon arriving at shore?
0: Hopefully Lady Brittany, which is why I would want to take some time to think this through. Do you have a
3: rendezvous point?
0: Well, all that we know is that she's been stationed in Denshire.
3: I would imagine we would have to take extreme measures with our disguise
0: once we land. Well, if we, uh, uh, Henry's plan has been to, uh, to dock a few miles north and t- go through the woods, so hopefully stealthing won't be that large of an issue and and she mentioned something about possibly using the prisoners to uh, gain audience with Lady Brit. at which point I, I guess it wouldn't matter what our identities would be
3: right yeah we're gonna have to keep a really close watch out
0: for everything obviously it will be dangerous war-torn lands that we're returning to but I, I mean to say when you meet Lady Brit, I mean I guess are you just gonna feel it out
3: I don't know. I'd like to know who she is as a person. Honestly, I don't want the throne. Why would anybody?
0: I mean, obviously, people who want to lead a kingdom in the right direction and use the power of the throne to help the people of Verahim, help save the entire world from what this Vanya wants to bring. Isn't that... I just want to be clear with what we're planning here. There are big things in motion. Ever since hearing the prophecy, it's been... Nothing but on the forefront of my mind to use the powers at hand. If, if, if you are wanting to, to make claim and, and this be the way, the route we take, you'd need to be all in or, or nothing.
3: Look, if I can do any kind of good in this world, I will find a way. But that doesn't necessarily mean obtaining the throne is the right direction. Once we get there, things will be made clear. I will trust in the spirits for that.
0: You can tell he's like very frustrated, but yeah, as as you would have it, Tyus, and he, he walks away. All right, on the last night before reaching Trailand. Telnius, you're laying in your new bunk. You fall asleep, and this isn't the first dream you've had at the Abbey of the Eight uh, since it's the Prime location where you grew up. There's always dreams of you running around the courtyards amongst the cloisters and going in and out of libraries as a child. But this one specifically brings you back into Bishop Cullum's office. You're sitting in the chair. You would always sit opposite of him. And there across from you is a figure reading from the revelations of Thessla. The book, though, is covering their face. Um, garbage. Lies. you Flipping through pages aggressively. All lies. All, All lies. lies! The book slams to the desk. Staring at you are the black, hollow eyes of a stag skull with a black hooded cloak. They are wearing... The tattered remains of the Acolyte's vestments, stained in black ash. There is a golden antler pin at his shoulder. He speaks.
7: How about you? Do you believe in any of this? I do. Do you know the truth of Thessla? I don't know it all. And why
5: do you worship him? Because what I do know I believe You believe
7: Do you even know who you are?
5: No Not yet But does anyone?
7: We all have a place in this world You believe yours to be on the right path? Yes This Tesla you believe in? Wholeheartedly. Why? Why do you care? Have the followers of Thessla treated you well?
5: I stand up, pushing the chair back. What do you want? I
7: want to know if you are ready to be a bishop of a religion that you barely understand. You know how awful the last bishop was. How do you think you'll do any better? Better sit now before me
0: No roll of wisdom fourteen Make no mistake I sense the
7: fear in your heart and you sit Alright Your enemies can use it against you but I can teach you how to wield it against them I know what you fear most
0: his masked face turns toward the sky, and he begins to screech as an auger. Ah! A stag's head with wolf's teeth, then as a dying bishop. Tell me us! With his chest torn open, then a visage of Finn with his throat slit open. Help, help me, tell me, The three faces phase in and out of each other faster, faster, faster then all goes black as you hear a voice say I can no
7: longer protect you I
0: must now abandon you it is a voice you recognize you are present once again with the dark abyss of your once dead state The void of life you have once, twice, even three times have experienced, but do not remember. In the midst of that emptiness, you awaken in your bed. Your mind is in pain as you take 11 psychic damage. (sighs) Ow. Ow.
5: Yeah, who, who else is in the room with me?
0: Rory and Kowloon are still in there sleeping.
5: Yeah, I wake both of them up. Guys, guys.
0: Yeah,
4: what? Yeah. I,
5: um, I don't, I don't feel so hot. Like seasick? You no. You need to puke? No, um, I think, I think Auntie Tesla just spoke to me in my dream. uh.
2: You sure it wasn't just a bad dream? Well,
5: I've never had a bad dream physically harm me before, and I clearly need healing.
0: Yeah,
4: your head is pounding like the worst migraine you've okay. ever felt. What What can we do? You're You're mostly a healer, so how can we heal you? Well,
5: I'm. I just need to talk about this, and and at that moment, I I share with you essentially what just happened. I tell the whole story.
4: Why do you think Annie wow. Tesla appeared to you?
5: Probably because I am the Bishop of Trayland, and. I don't know how, but he must know something about Cullum. Maybe he has some ties with him. He doesn't trust Tesla. He he was reading a book and flipping through the revelations of Tesla, c- claiming it was heresy, and and asked me questions like if I knew about it. But I I mean I don't know everything, so I said no. But he was clearly getting at something, as though the revelations of Tesla are are not real, like there's something fake.
4: I guess this confirms that Annie
2: Thesla is not just some guy. Well. If you could appear in your dreams.
5: Yeah, he's magical.
2: We need to find a way to protect you while you're sleeping, then.
5: Anyone have, like, some sort of protection amulet? Or...
2: You got a gray cloak?
5: Ah, uh, me too.
2: Maybe, uh, IS can teach you how not to sleep, uh, and just instead do, like, the eyes closing thing while he's sitting down for four hours. I look at you my amul- thing he does.
5: I look at my amulet of protection and does the eye still not glow?
4: Oh yeah, it doesn't glow. Nope.
5: Yeah. I throw it over my shoulder. Fuck.
4: <laughs> okay, what do you think this means for us going forward?
5: Uh no idea. I just figured better to tell you guys and and just it be out there than not say anything.
0: Speaking of Aias meditating, we now go up to the crow's nest where Aias is coming out of a meditation. It is dawn, and you're taking in the view as your eyes open. The sun is rising over the horizon, and wow. with your newly restored eyesight and emerald eyes of your youth, the colors of the Loch Islands... And now the open chasm sea have all been bewildering. Eventually you look into the distance and see a brush of green over the horizon. Hello. When you take out your spyglass, you realize this is indeed land. It Perfect. is the southern tip of Kinsdale, to be exact.
5: And it's way too far to normally be able to see, but because you're in the magical mm-hmm. crow's nest...
0: As the first island of Traylon comes into view, roll me a perception check at advantage. Land, ho. (laughs) That will
3: be a 20.
0: Wow, yeah. So not only do you see Traylon coming into view, as you go further north, you see a navy ship appearing from the distance. If you calculated it out, you will eventually cross paths with this ship.
3: Enemy ship ahead. Is anyone around?
0: Yep. so the, the skeleton crew like reacts and they start kind of getting the armaments up and everything they raise a black flag and that signals to the other two ships to raise their flags
3: I leap down to the deck below I storm into the cabins I'm just like guys we got problems mm. enemy ships ahead
5: uh, did we have any uh, healing potions by chance
0: not at the moment alright well I'm gonna go ahead and
5: cast cure wounds myself.
0: And I will say, as you were heading down, IS, you heard folks from the Sea Dog ship and from Henry's ship screaming, Land ho! Land ho! Enemy ship sighted!
3: Nice. How many? I saw just one. How do we know it's an enemy?
2: It's a Navy ship. How many people are on board? Probably 30.
4: Alright, let's man the uh,
2: artillery. Let's do it.
0: So, Cool. This is going to bring up a new system that I created for your guys' time in trailing. Yes! There will be three options. You can choose to evade, destroy, or overtake a ship. When you evade, each of you roll. So there will be four D20s rolled. If any of you has vehicle sailing, the proficiency added, and that person can take advantage on the roll. If all four of your numbers add nothing to it, are above 40, it succeeds. If it's over 50 or one nat 20 in the group, you have a swift success. If it's over 60 or two nat 20s, there is a critical success. There are consequences to each of the different ones. To destroy a ship, the artillery proficiency will be added to give advantage, or there is the overtake, which you can use either a melee attack, which will be gunsmithing proficiency is added to give that role advantage, or a distant overtaking, which is the long-arm proficiency applied. I don't think any of you guys took long-arm proficiency, so as long as you have Cass and or Heather a part of your team, or your team of ships even, that gives one roll advantage. Now, the thing is, because so many of you took the gunsmithing proficiency, obviously an overtake is easier for you to succeed in terms of your D20 rolls, so I upped the DC. So it has to be over 50 to succeed. And if it's over 60 or one nat 20 swift success, over 70 or two nat 20s critical success. 80 obviously being the highest you can roll with all four of you rolling nat 20s.
2: Our DM's a cheater, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I say
0: we should try to overtake. Hi.
2: Overtake. So we essentially- Just one ship, ship, we got three? Yeah.
0: And What's, I will say the consequences vary de- de- depending on what you guys choose. There could be damage to you guys. There could be damage to the ship. Uh, and there could be if they spot you and get away. There's Those are all different types of... Um, there
2: are no consequences. We take the ship and that's it.
5: Okay, perfect. <laughs> right, but the three of you guys get advantage on your... Because you all took gunsmithing. Yeah. Oh. We
2: were, did, did you also take gunsmithing? Yep. Okay. Only an idiot wouldn't.
0: <laughs> so, so you guys are attempting a melee overtake of this trailender ship,
5: and remember, you guys got the magical bullets. Oh, One magical well, bullet. Saving it. Yeah, I'm gonna save mine too. Yeah, well,
0: we'll we'll say that those magical bullets will um will be for when we get into individual combat.
4: Okay, yeah. perfect. Do so we get rolling? Let's get rolling. While we're planning
3: that and getting ready to attack, I would like to direct the ship to lure the enemy ship a little farther south.
0: We'll say that that is part of your tactic, but it doesn't affect the role of trying to overtake them. That would be more of an evade uh, maneuver. Okay, so what's everyone's top number? 12.
3: 17. 5. 15.
0: Oh, no! It was a heavy battle. There were actually a lot of losses... (laughs) Wait, you got twelve. I got fifteen. Sides. You
5: got seventeen, and he got seven. Five. Five. Oh
0: fuck! <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was with advantage. Yeah, the other one was Ooh. a two. Wow. <laughs> you what needed was our total then. You needed fifty to succeed. You got forty-nine. Oh, oh my no! Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone, check my math. You're the numbers guy. Oh wait, looks <laughs> good. i yeah, meant those are seven. <laughs> Here are the consequences. The ship. Gets Away your ship takes a hundred hit points to the hull.
4: We have 10,000 of right?
0: damage, it's 300 per ship.
5: Did you just add the numbers? 49. Mm, fuck, that sucks.
4: Our first rules of the game, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah.
0: So there's 300 hit points to the hull and 50 hit points to the control helm. The hull took fifth or a hundred hit points of damage. Mm. Wow. Mm. And you guys were really hurt, so everyone re-roll your d20s.
5: You want to roll, roll low on this bad boy, I'm sure.
0: One? One.
5: Nine. Nine. Uh, Thirteen.
0: Who has a higher constitution between you two? Yeah,
5: for sure. Uh,
4: probably me.
0: Telnius and Rory are rolling death saves. You guys are rolling medicine checks. Nice. Oh wow.
4: What do we, what do we do with the death save? I've
0: never had to do it before. Oh, not twenty. Fuck yeah. So Telnius <laughs> pops up on the first roll. You have to get over ten, or it's a fail.
4: Uh, Eleven.
0: Okay, so that's a success. Ayas and what would you get for medicine checks? Six.
3: 15. Nice.
0: Okay, so Rory, you're gonna have advantage on your next death save, but you are taking another oh, death save. I just
4: I forgot I was halfling lucky, so I could have rerolled that one. Dang it. <laughs> oh, I didn't do it, though.
0: Yeah, well, you got an 11, right? Right, yeah. Um, so roll again. Reroll again. This is your second death save. With advantage. You get advantage because Aya is working on you medically. Yes. 14. That's two. Nice. Uh, Aya, since you're the one working on him, give me another medicine check.
3: Come on, Rory. Don't run out on me. Um,
5: 18.
0: Yes. Nice. Take advantage on your last death save.
5: Oh, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. 18. Hell, yeah.
0: You You come back out of it, but it was a tough battle and the ship got away
4: Brian was just died. so yeah.
0: Henry was behind you, same with Jacquard, but after that battle it's like that was a that was a judgment call that maybe they're not so happy with
4: that was our first one uh, yeah it
0: was kind of some slack I
5: also think. we were the only ones that fought
0: no they fought too your guys's roles determine how the whole group um, mm. goes about
4: it
5: no Look, we were we the were, only ones that fought
4: we were close. <laughs>
5: We were like really
4: close. We tried um, hard, that's all that matters.
5: Yeah, they called us the tryhards.
4: Yeah, like so,
2: for a second we were in control of the ship and then we weren't. Anyway, they so were they- like sinking as
3: they were going back to Trayland. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, they it was very close to you guys having a success, but there was just something in the last moment where they were able to break free and sail away, crippling probably your guys' ship. So with your ship now in disarray, you move towards Trayland. Although you have been through a heavy battle and a, a slight loss, a pretty big loss actually, you still are amazed at the sight of Treyland, how green Kinsdale is. The tides rolling into the breaks and what that sounds like. The call of the Thrush and the Wren as you get closer to the island. The three ships navigate into a wide river at dock just beyond a tuft of evergreens. The crews all begin to drape branches over the sterns that jut out into the open waters. It is nearing sundown, and you need to start making the two-mile trek to Denshire. The crews are all working together. All three crews are working together to do repairs on the Valorous Scoundrel so that it does not (laughs) sink the next time it tries to ship off. (laughs) <laughs> Henry, Erwin, and Talon all volunteer to join you guys. Cass and Riggs join the group with your two hostages, Admiral Marcus of the Trailender Navy and Sir Rutherford, revered knight of the Stag's order. They are bound and gagged, you know, tied up. They can still walk, but both Cass and Riggs have a gun to the back of each of the prisoners as you guys hike. Nice. Uh, so you guys pack your things, and Aaron says, well... That was a dramatic landing, but we're here, and as for what it means for that ship to have gotten away, um, I suppose once repairs are done, we may send the sea dogs to try to catch up with them, since that was the ship least destroyed. It would be somewhat detrimental to us if information of our arrival made it back to Westwick.
3: And yeah, we'll have to move quickly.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, we... Uh, Next move is getting us into Denshire with the prisoners, and then we talk to Lady Britt. And if not her, at least someone who
4: can get us to her. Anymore. Yeah, I, let's let's go.
0: You all ready? You look a little worn after that yeah, battle. Yeah, looks is. like we we almost had. We that. really we did, did almost have them. Yeah,
4: I, we were
0: we were there. Henry's kind of in the back, like you guys gave it your all. You gave it your all.
5: Do you, maybe you get a. Maybe you should get a second opinion on because he gets advantage on morale boosts. You know, as the captain thing. <laughs> That's with your
3: crew. <laughs> with my skellies.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Damn.
7: And
0: I'm not the captain. The two miles are relatively flat as you follow the coastline south. The hills of the Denshire hinterlands roll in and out of your sights, while waves beat against the mossy crags to your left. You stay within the tree line but do not leave the coast when finally after erwin checks his map one last time you all cut north at a small river after another half mile you see a small settlement with a wooden palisade recently built around the town rory you recognize the small stone buildings thatched roofs and farmlands there is a smell of barley and cinnamon in the air and it's the only place that bakes and brews this good Denshire.
4: And as we're walking around I'm like, man, it feels good to be back, but this is weird.
3: I walk up behind him and I just put my hand on his back. Does it look the way you left it?
4: I mean it it's a little different, but for the most part it, it still feels like home.
3: What's weird about it?
4: it? Just being here again feels weird.
3: We've come a long way. It's been over a year. Uh,
4: well,
2: show us where you grew up.
5: Yeah, well, you were at your old stomping grounds, man. Let's go see your high school.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, let's go the back. Street. Let's go to my house and see if my family's still there.
0: Yes, according to this map, Erwin says uh, there should be a gate just north of the river. So let's find the road and approach cautiously. So when you all get within fifty feet, the gate of the palisade, which is lined. Trees that are spiked at the top, they've been lined into a wall around the city. Behind it, there's still even, like, a stone wall that connects here and there, but it's a little bit more, hey, we're halflings, let's put up the stone wall and build maybe a couple of towers, but it's nothing like the work of like Westwick or something. Not to say that it's bad, it's done in a just it's almost like a more whimsical
4: It's not refined. Yeah,
0: exactly. At some points, the wall is curved up almost to give it the more cozy feeling rather than a more threatening feeling. Mm. So at the palisade though, the gate begins to open up and you all see a well-armored halfling with a large blade on his back. There is a cloth hanging over his breastplate it is like a black cloth that goes to the front and the back and there is a white image of a white hammer across the front of this cloth
4: do they, those symbols
0: mean anything to us where you recognize it as the symbol that leon showed you on that small piece of parchment it said we remember and had the symbol of the white hammer it's pretty well known to be the symbol of the resistors.
4: Okay. Do I recognize this guy?
0: No, because he has a helmet on and he removes his helmet. He has short brown hair and mutton-chopped sideburns, a bulbous nose, and a personality larger than his pony Butterscotch, who takes a liking to (laughs) Lemongrass.
6: Please state your business with the halflings of Denshire.
3: Rory, you want to handle this one?
4: Uh all right yeah hey um we're the rowdy boys and we're we're here to aid in the resistors movement yeah my name's Rory the hammer kilgannon i have returned
6: rory kilgannon you say yeah hmm and who are the likes of the rest of you
5: well i am telnius gray and i bow very very low yes yes who else Oh, the, uh, the, uh, the Bishop of Trayland.
6: There's no bishop right now, just a cardinal sitting there, up there at the at the burning cathedral. Well,
2: <laughs> you know. Now look again, friend, cause this is the true Bishop of Trayland.
5: I, like, show my hammer.
6: Uh. Sure thing, and I'm the king of Denshire. Yeah, we can all say what we is, but really? uh, just who the hell are, are the rest of you? Let's I go. didn't know
2: Denshire had kings.
4: Yeah, since when?
6: And since right now he's the Bishop of Treyland, I'm the King of Denshire.
2: Uh, it feels like you're trying to make a joke, but it's just going to go right over our heads.
4: Especially mine.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Names, I need the rest. Names.
2: Uh, I'm Kowloon, the Entertainer. And Iron throat
6: mm, Dwarf. Dwarf from the Sutlin. All right.
2: I'm I, am Iasynthorn, champion of the
3: Sandwood Forest. Oh,
6: not many elves from Norholm have come down this way. Good yeah. to have you. And, uh, you two there?
0: And, um... Erwin steps forward. I'm Duke Erwin, Delegate Chair of the High Council to the King and I bring you uh, new captains. This is Henry and this is Master Talon of the Westwick University. He cannot speak very loud for a wound on his neck and he, you know, Talon just kind of leans over and just kind of drunkenly waves his hand. And uh, we have here two prisoners that we would like to present to Lady Brittany as soon as possible. We believe they might be crucial in the, uh, in aiding the Resisters. They are Admiral Marcus of the Navy and Sir
6: Rutherford of the Stags Order. Hmm, sounds impressive. We'll see what the Captain of the Guard thinks. All right, I will gain you audience with the Captain of the Guard here in Denshire. She will decide based on what evidence you have but you are all to leave your weapons at the front gate as we have not determined the status of who you are and whether you are of help or not.
2: Thank you, your majesty.
6: And to you, entertainer. Thank you. Uh, I might need a court jester. uh,
2: No, thank you. All right, let's go. (laughs) I I don't relinquish all my daggers that I have on me, but all the visible things, I, I do. Then make a stealth check okay. at the front gate.
3: Guys, I've got an issue. I can't leave my sword here. This is
5: a relic of the gods.
6: Leave your swords or you're not going in. Um
5: okay. Can I cast a spell?
0: Erwin sees you kinda cooking up something. <laughs> he says Might might be best not to scare anyone. Um Henry, do you do you mind staying here and guarding over the weaponry that we leave would you all trust henry
3: i would
2: trust her with my life but not my sword (laughs) sword. (laughs) Uh, i got a 28 on stealth okay you
0: are able how many were you trying to sneak in
2: all the ones that i have hidden so i think that's 10 nice wow Yeah. yeah i leave
3: my sword with henry and i'm just like please take good care of
0: this i will watch it with my life Henry will stay back at the main gate with your guys' weapons, along with Cass and Riggs looking over the two prisoners. Okay. And there's a couple other guards of Denshire watching over them. Through the large wooden gate, you see the remains of what was once a normal halfling city, the largest settlement of halflings in all of Treyland. And it would be just as adorable and cozy quaint as you're imagining if it weren't for the renegades stationed within Denshire. Tents, fires, noises of training, the smithing of swords and new armor, an army built of misfits, half orcs, half elves, farmers, escaped servants, cooks, and maids, and even a few soldiers who have perhaps been swayed to join the resistors. The majority, around 70% of those armed to the teeth, women. Whether previously trained or not, they make up the bulk of these forces. And a force it has become. If you had to guess, there's well over 2,000 recruits to Lady Brittany's efforts filling every nook and cranny of Denshire. And the residing halflings? Those who haven't taken up arms are trying to pretend as if life is as normal as it's always been, baking nervously, brewing beers at higher alcohol rates, some even reaching 12%. (laughs) (laughs) And the smell of malt and barley isn't stronger than when Ricky leads you through the streets to the Half Pint Pub.
3: Okay. All right. What's up, everybody? Taylor here, just hanging out in our official Chasm Quest space station. That's right. We worked tirelessly on these episodes day in and day out, so we needed a little cabin in the woods to get a bit of peace and calm from the whole editing process. We just so happened to put our cabin way up here in the thermosphere. And let me tell you, it is nice to get away. Nothing but time to think, write, write edit all in order to get these episodes down to you guys on that beautiful blue ball Huh? really makes you feel small seeing it from this angle anyway as you hopefully know andrew is the dm micah is the telnius colin is the Kaloon, brad is the rory and i taylor and the champion of the sandwood forest the young falcon the Ias. This episode features our good friend Delena Kennison as Rory's sister Alfia Kilgannon and our space friend Lance Kennison as Rory Jr. Kilgannon. They are coming up soon so sit tight in your space chair for the second half of the episode. We had an absolute blast playing with these two and we hope that this game will be one to remember. Hell, maybe it'll be one of Lance's first memories. Wouldn't that be neat? Well, maybe minus the bloodshed and the ship battles and the rest of what's to come in this episode. God. Ugh. Okay, maybe don't remember this one, little guy. But regardless, thank you both for playing with us because this episode will be one of my favorites for a while. And another huge shout out to Darren for the sound effects. You killed it again, my guy. Those uh, those were the explosions from the Nux I just gave myself. <laughs> Moving on. So with everything going on in the world, and with me up here in the space station, we are currently working through a backlog of episodes, and it's actually kind of strange hearing us all in the same same room at the same table when it's been months since we've actually gotten together to do so. I just wanted to say, for anyone who maybe skipped the Lock Island adventures, you certainly can skip those episodes, and everything will make sense, I promise. but. All of our episodes are in order this season, so there is no going backwards in time to a memory episode like we've done in previous seasons. The only time that will happen is if you decide to join us on Patreon and at patreon.com chasmquest, where we will be loading all of the Lock Island adventures just for you Patreon members. Yep, the deal is, during the global lockdown, we have been recording all kinds of bonus episodes, and they are available just for you. We have only released a few of them on the main channel but those were the ones that were the most prevalent to the story of how we saved the lock islands from chaos and ruin the creepy ones were definitely my favorite to play personally but yeah if you're a patreon be sure to keep an eye out for those because we will be uploading quite a few in the coming months that's patreon.com slash for all types of good extra stuff If you like what we are doing, please, please consider rating us on Apple Podcasts and writing us a space review. It would make our entire life to hear from you and how you are hopefully enjoying the show. Tell us how the show has affected your life. You know, maybe you were listening to us and found a new appreciation for jellyfish fingers. These are important things that we need to hear about. So please come and tell us everything you think about the show. Speaking of reviews and patrons, huge cosmic shout out to the reviewers. Headhunter1032, Italia in Hell, Franchi Free, Lady Cthulhu, and Caleb of Chaotic Amateurs. And space thank you to new patrons Zachary, Shelby, Brandon, Jenna, and Gabby. Y'all are just the spaciest, and we love you to the edge of the universe and back. And maybe back again. Do another lap. If you want to contact us on socials, you can find us at ChasmQuest on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to talk to any of us directly, we are usually hanging around Discord. If you'd like to join our Discord, the link is in the description of this episode, so just click that and come on in and say hey, it's really that easy. If any of you are interested in some D&D coffee, be sure to use promo code STAYROWDY for 10% off your purchase for Found Familiar Coffee at foundfamiliar.com. They have tons of great blends of coffee and beautiful pieces of art that are D&D related on each package that is truly killer. If you want to check out some extra beautiful dice, then be sure to check out Roll With Advantage at rollwithadvantage.com.au. The dice are great, and the 20s are fate. Feel free to use that one. I'm just spitballing here. Use promo code Quest15 at checkout for 15% off your purchase at rollwithadvantage.com.au. That's 15% off on some shiny math rocks. I mean, who can pass up on that? And... And, uh, that's about really all I got. I gotta start getting things ready, because the guys are on a rocket. Should be here in a few hours. They're bringing snacks, and we are gonna roll some dice and maybe have a rowdy pillow fight or something. God, I hope they bring the purple Doritos, like I asked. If they forgot those, I am gonna swing Vanessa at every last one of them. Anyway, here's the rest of episode four. Stay rowdy.
0: While you're walking through, Rory, you're kind of... Uh, nostalgia is kind of overwhelming. Yeah. A few of the halflings, though, kind of look like they begin to recognize you. And just as you're coming up to the Half-Pint Pub, which may be the epitome of nostalgia for you.
4: Maybe negative nostalgia. huh.
0: You turn your face away from someone who had kind of caught your eye and began puzzling it out. They were kind of like sweeping their front doorstep, and then they stopped and looked a little closer at you. And just when you turn away from them so that they wouldn't fully recognize who you were, a figure in a black cloak is standing in front of you. A bone-white beak protrudes from the hood, and the hollow skeletal eyes watch you as it seemingly floats backwards through the doors of the half pint. It disappears as the door shuts. Ricky continues leading you all into the pub. Okay, so the door had opened because a patron was coming out, kind of stumbling out drunkenly. While the door was open, the visage of Ari backed into the pub, and the door was shut.
4: Okay, so as that happens, I, like, put my hands out and, like, stopped the rest of the Rowdy Boys, and I was like, I'm going to guess you guys didn't see that, did you? See, uh, See what? You mean that drunk guy that just walked out? Definitely saw him. Not just that. Guys, I gotta be honest, this is the place. There's a lot of bad memories in this pub. I just saw a sign of death. Uh, Truly.
2: Like when you found Captain Abram. Yeah. Let's do it. I proceed inside.
4: So,
0: Ricky leads you all into the pub. From within, there's the noise and bustling of crowds of humans and the like. All the misfit soldiers that I told you about. They're sitting comfortably, and there is the cry of... Of a child, even within the pub, a lot of the a lot of the folks in there are trying to sit on stools made for halflings. But uh, as uncomfortable as they may be, they're all drinking and eating, and not paying too much mind until Ricky calls out, <clears throat>
6: "Attention, Captain Kilgannon!" Yeah, he's talking to me.
0: The halfling barkeep, with an infant strapped and swaddled safely at her chest, stands at attention, looking toward Ricky and the group behind him. Alfea Kilgannon, you think you're going blind until you realize it's not a mirage or ghost, but is the flesh and blood of your brother, Rory Kilgannon.
1: Rory? Alfea? (laughs) What are you doing?
4: It's so great to see you.
1: So I run up and give him a hug.
4: Okay. What what are you doing here?
1: What are you doing here?
4: I have so, I've been on so many adventures. Have you been getting the money I've been trying to send you? No. Well, I've I have tried to I've tried I've done my best over the years to provide for you. Who's this little guy?
1: That's your nephew.
4: My nephew? What's his name?
1: <sighs> Rory Jr.
4: What? You named him after me?
1: He's not mine, Rory.
4: What? Who's Izzy?
1: Look, I don't know why you're here right now, but I don't really know if I can trust you.
4: What do you mean? Why wouldn't you be able to trust me? I'm your brother.
1: <laughs> I know that you were working for the Vipers.
4: I wasn't working for the Vipers. I was coerced. I had to.
6: All right, all right. I think we should clear the building. Oh, uh, You were... I... Ma'am, Captain, I had no idea he ever worked for the Vipers. I would have never. Everyone out! Everyone out!
2: Hey. And
0: he clears the he clears the room. You
2: forget everything you've heard here.
6: Me? Ah, uh, you should you should not be trying to threaten me. You're in my territory, young man.
2: Well, I rolled a seventeen on intimidation.
6: But you guys should be able to have your say, uh, Captain. I'll hand it
1: back over to you. Sorry. How do I know that you're not working for them anymore?
4: Look, when I left here, I tried to hide out in Westwick for as long as I could, but I was coerced. I was I was forced into working for the Vipers by Commander Leon. And we've we've had a complicated relationship, but I I am not the same person I was when I used to live here.
1: You act like you don't know anything. You know what Quincy did to Roria.
4: I have no idea what you're talking he about. He killed
1: her, Rory. It's all because of you. What? Quincy came here and she stood up to him. And she's dead. And that's why we have this child now. I have to care for Rory Jr.
4: Rory is dead?
1: She's dead.
4: And this is her son?
1: That's her son.
4: At that point,
0: Rory, you probably don't pay it too much mind. But after the crowd clears out that visage of Ari is sitting in the shadows in the corner just watching over what is happening but you're probably wrapped up in the conversation
4: tell me what happened
1: so after you left and you killed the barman's wife we were responsible for those dues
4: have you did you not get the money i've been sending from westwick that i was earning from my fights
1: no we've never got anything from you rory
4: but I was doing everything I could to provide for you. I knew I couldn't be around here, but I was still trying to help.
1: No, Rory and I had to start taking care of the family. We've been working here at the Half Pint ever since you ran away.
4: I didn't I didn't run. I I had to leave. I was shunned. At least that's how I felt.
1: You were never shunned here, Rory. You left us and <sighs> Rory always looked up to you. And she always hoped that you were going to come back home, and so she wanted little Rory there to have someone to look up to one day and was hoping that you'd prove yourself somehow.
4: Who's the boy's father?
1: You don't know him.
4: And he's not around anymore?
1: He's not. They're both dead now.
4: Quincy. Quincy killed him.
1: Because Rory stood up to him.
4: I I vow... That I will not let Quincy get away with what he's done. And I will provide for you and this boy with everything I am. What about mom?
1: Why don't why don't we go walk up the hill for a second? Okay. So I take Rory up the hill up to our little family home. And as we're standing there, I show you the headstones of our mom and sister.
4: And Rory just gets down on the knee and just, how could I have let this happen? <laughs> I swear I will not let Quincy live with having taken this action. I need you to tell me exactly what happened.
1: About six months ago, Quincy and the Vipers came here and... Ambush Dunshire looking for lady Britt. and that night i was babysitting and your sister Roya and her partner robbie they were at the kilgannon estate and when brit returned from the town helping fight back the last of the vipers she just reported that rory and robbie were killed at the half pint they they were celebrating their anniversary and in a matter of hours that little guy was mine
4: and you, you actually saw their bodies? You know that they're gone?
1: They're gone, Rory. About three years after you left, Rory, a woman appeared here. She lived with us as a family. She was part of us, and she told us that her name was Brittany, and she was looking for you. And she's the one who's leading the Resisters against King Aston.
4: Did she say why she was looking for me?
1: she just said there was a halfling who was with the team who had killed and captured her captains and that you set her free. So that's why I didn't know if you were good or bad.
4: I made a decision in that moment. I couldn't, I couldn't let lady Brittany be killed. I had to let her go. And then I had to go on this mission where I went overseas and I helped liberate the new lands and, I thought by doing all that I'd be making the world safer for my family. I thought it would make me able to provide for you. But I see now that I've just left you and to to live with this mess that I helped to create. I'm so sorry.
1: You still have family, Rory. What are you doing here? And who are those guys?
4: We're we're called the we're called the Rowdy Boys and um We've come to help aid the resistors movement. We're, we're going to help try and overthrow all the oppressors here. And and now I have my own personal vendetta against Sir Quincy.
1: You know how I know that we're siblings?
4: Because we have the same accent?
1: Because <laughs> we're called the body girls. What? <laughs> the body girls.
4: Like B-A-W-D-Y? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's called that?
1: Me, Lady Britt. And the other captains? The
4: rowdy boys and the, the body, body girls. girls. <laughs> Did you come up with that name?
1: And I raised my eyes <laughs> up and down at you. That's pretty good. <laughs> I've been working with Lady Britt, and we've been part of the resistor movement. And I'm here. I become one of the captains, and I'm in charge of protecting Dunshire until she comes back.
4: Where is Where is she?
1: She's in hiding right now. Why? It wasn't safe after Quincy was here. He knew that she was here, so she had to flee again.
4: But how was it safe for you to be leading rebellion?
1: Because I'm a captain.
4: Because you're a local, and so you can probably blend in better. You're asking yeah. too many questions. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, well, we are going to help. We, I, I decided long ago that I was going to help Lady Brittany in whatever she needed, and. In order to avenge the loss of my family, I'm gonna dedicate everything I can to making sure that this area stays safe. I will not let you down again
1: All right, well, look, we don't have a lot of time to do things, and so if those guys down there are some that you trust, then we need to tell them our plan and we're gonna to have to head out here soon
4: okay i'll I'll let you I'll let you tell them what the plan is that I trust them with my life
1: Would you like a minute with mom and sis?
4: I would.
0: Alphea Kilgannon has agreed to take you all to Lady Britt's hideout that night. You all, along with Henry, Erwin, Talon, Cass, and Riggs with the prisoners, leave to make your way in the dead of night. You head through the hauntingly beautiful hinterlands, and after an hour of hiking and turning and moving barriers and brush, you come to a dense collection of trees even in the night time. You can recognize these as aspen trees. <gasps> Alfea continues leading the way. Still has Rory Jr. at her front. And you make your way through the aspens. Alfea passes a massive tree humming with energy. Its willow-like branches drape over the soft soil beneath your feet. Even in the darkness you can see the red leaves shimmering with moonlight. This is an elder tree, an omberant, within the kingdom of treyland Beyond it is another dense population of aspen trees. But after making your way through, you suddenly see a camp and firelight that you had not seen just moments ago. There, before you can even process it, you are amidst the hideout of Lady Britt. There is a fire in the middle, and a few tents surrounding it. The camp is not as large as you had anticipated. There are two orcs sitting by the fire roasting legs of venison, each of them with green skin and black hair braided down their backs. Their tusks are large and take up most of their underbite. They look at you and scowl at the sight of Kal'un. Cass and Riggs take the prisoners to a post and begin to secure them. They take out hardtack and water to feed them. Alfea continues to take you back to the furthest tent. This one is large and guarded by an elven woman with turquoise robes and a golden wyvern crest on her belt. Ryla looks at Alfea and says, Alfea, you've brought some friends I see. Um, okay. Well, what do we got going on here?
1: Well, this one over here, that's Rory, and he's my brother, and it's actually the one who years ago released Lady Brittany. And these here are the Rowdy Boys, and they're here to help fight in the Resistance. N-
0: nice to make your acquaintance. Um, I'm Ryla Thandor, uh, daughter of Governor Mulos Thandor, He is a delegate on the High Council, and he owns the Farmers' Federation, a corrupt organization that steals from the poor farmers and gives to the wealthy of both Woldsworth and Westwick. I'm here to right the wrongs of my family. I guess before I tell you more, I I think, Alfia we should go uh, brief Brittany with this information and see if she will take audience.
1: Yeah, Rory, will you watch
0: Rory? I'd be on it, too. So, Alfia, you hand over little Rory Jr. And Alfia and Ryla go in, and as captains, they discuss the situation at hand. You guys are kind of, like, nervously waiting by the fire. The two orcs, like, they just don't even look at you. And once their meat's done, they're chewing meat off the bone, just kind of, like, grunting at you all.
2: Do I notice them, uh, like...
0: Oh, you noticed them scowl when they all when right. you saw them.
2: Do I just know that that's because orcs and drawers don't go along? Most likely. Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's not like they recognized you as Kaloon. We got our weapons back. Yes, you okay. got them back from the, from the front gates, and Henry's with you again, Talon and Erwin and everyone. Awesome. So finally, Ryla comes out and says, all right, everyone, Lady Brittany will take audience with you, Rory
4: Jr. included. All right. I've been wanting to see her for quite a while now. This,
0: I can't wait to meet her.
5: Should be an exciting exchange. Let's go.
0: Inside the tent, a fire blazes, warming the large space. A woman, five foot five with pale skin and cropped brown hair, is leaning over a large table with a map of Treland and repurposed chess pieces representing the resistors and the enemy king's army. She looks up and watches you all walk in. What a surprise Cousin, Henry You're here And they embrace Henry Locke, who was originally named Henrietta Thatcher And Lady Brit is Lady Brittany Thatcher They embrace and a hug And Britt says I I would have never thought And Henry replies Nor would I have yet um, Here I am Brittany sees who else is in, and and Talon, you, you bastard, you made it all the way back to Trelin's for me. I, I cannot speak much, but I'm happy to be alive and in your presence once more. Captain Giselle still serves with honor in the new lands. There is much to tell. All in good time, friend. And she hugs and embraces Talon. Brittany then freezes up and looks down. Vesla, oh. it's you, Rory Kilgannon.
4: I step forward towards Lady Brittany and I take a knee and I say, Lady Brittany, you know my, my nephew, my, my namesake.
0: Yes, I've had to watch him quite a few evenings. He's a good, good babe.
4: It's been many years, and uh, I know we don't really know each other, save for that one time that we met. But I want you to know that I fully support everything that you've done, and I've been thinking about you ever since. She's kind of like, quietly
0: crying tears of joy. Please stand, I... Oh no, I'm standing
2: now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to tell.
0: (laughs) She's wiping tears. You don't have to kneel to me. I... Can never repay you, what you and your family has done for me, for this kingdom. Your sisters, your mother, they have become my family, and I have you to thank for that. You, you look great.
4: Well, I mean, you've seen the eagle tattoo, right? (laughs)
0: Well, twenty years have passed, and yes, not a single muscle has seemed to lapse.
4: Hey, listen, I mean, your your gratitude means a lot, but I have learned lately that I do have many sins that I need to atone for, uh, but I appreciate that.
0: May this be the first sign of atonement, and she leans down and brings you close and kisses you on the lips.
2: <gasps> uh, uh,
4: uh, you didn't it, tell
2: us about it, this, Rory.
4: Well, th- about what? I mean, uh, nothing going on. She's just, she's grateful I saved her life is all. Oh.
0: Wow. And who are these, your friends? These, these are, are the Rowdy boys. The rowdy boys. These, <laughs> are my, these are my friends.
4: These are my friends, the rowdy boys. No,
0: we're the body gals, yeah. <laughs>
4: the body gals, yeah. There my you sister. You
0: guys are the rowdy uh, boys, huh?
4: Interesting coincidence there. Yeah, well, right.
0: Interesting that we would both name our groups separate.
4: Lee, and yet they would sound so similar. So, I mean, we must have a lot of co- in, in common. Then. Very strange. Yes, I would. Stuttering. To... I've, I've
5: never heard you stutter before. That's.
4: Well, I've been uh, through um... a lot of emotions today. Learning that my sister died. Right. My mom died. Yeah. I've got a nephew named after me. I had my first kid I mean, I got kissed.
2: <laughs> and he usually uses smaller words as well. So. <laughs> it's true. Yeah.
4: Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're all here. What's the plan? Well, uh, my... I, well I would
0: love to know <laughs> your friends' names. Oh, I know yeah. you're the rowdy boys, but uh, who, who? I don't makes remember that? their names right now, That's... so I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. <laughs> uh,
5: I am Telnius, uh, Telnius Gray, uh, Bishop of Traylon.
0: Well, that is great. Uh, recently, the bishop who is standing in for Column has. Well, there's a lot to catch you all up on in the happenings here in Trayland, but um a bishop here in my war tent for the resistors yes ma'am if what you say is true then
4: i am i am more than welcome to accept you hey pipe down roy junior
1: <laughs> don't talk to your nephew like that rory
4: sorry sorry i don't know this whole raising a kid thing
1: <laughs> i can still change his name
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fun. Nice one, Althea. Yeah.
5: He, hasn't, he hasn't had his name stay
0: yet. <laughs> he just won't remember. <laughs> and uh, who are you? A, a dwarf from uh, Sutland, I'm guessing? Uh,
2: mostly dwarf. I am Kahlun, the Iron Throat. Mm-hmm. And nephew uh, to someone you may know, Grenyard Duncanian. One uh, of yeah. the council members.
0: Yes, of course. Um, before I left Westwick, uh, there would be many times that he and I would go down to uh, some of the local cafes and and have some have some tea and discuss the state
2: of things oh, so you're an old family friend then you'd say
0: yes I uh, being uh, being with Athelstan uh, rest in peace uh, y- you've got to know the the rest of the council just for politics sake but I will say Grunyar, uh, I actually enjoyed spending time with oh
2: he's he's great
0: yes your name. She's looking at Ayas.
3: I am Ayas Synthorn, champion of the Sandwood Forest, young falcon of Norholm.
0: Well met. We have, from a distance, received some support from Norholm, but not yet in the flesh. I am happy to accept you in my in my tent. Yeah, so it seems uh, strange enough. This is a bit of like a... Feels like a family reunion, Tightness of chest and the uh, seeing people you haven't seen for quite a long time—it can be a bit strange and uh, overwhelming. There's H- Henry, my my cousin. Uh, I, uh, uh, there's Rory. You and your sister and nephew are here. And uh, Bishop, how about you? Any family you'll be seeing here in treyland
5: Um. Uh, no, no family.
0: Oh, sorry. And uh, yeah, yeah, you with Kalun and Grunyar and just. And, he, and just as, before she can finish, Erwin steps from the back of the group. He had his uh, cloak kind of pulled over his face, and he, he pulls down the hood. Uh, hello, Brit. I'd like to introduce myself, or rather, make myself known. I'm happy to see you, you know, alive. Brittany just kind of... She's in a panic mode. What was at once a happy moment for her becomes a, a, a state of panic. No. Why are you here? Captains! Althea, why did you detain this man? And Ryla begins rushing over, uh, kind of confused, and begins grabbing one arm of Erwin. Althea... How do you react?
1: Uh, so I follow her orders.
0: So as you're detaining, you ask.
1: Who is this guy?
0: Ryla, like, after you guys get his hands behind his back and tie them, they kind of. Well,
5: while, while they're doing that, I, I try and, and stand between them. But yeah, like, as they start going to grab him, I mean, I'm going to step up.
0: Brittany pulls her blade and says, Bishop, this is none of your business. And she's actually going to intimidate you. And that's going to be a 19.
4: Yeah. Where she's just going to regular date me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brittany pulls her blade, threatens you. And she then brings the blade down to Erwin's neck, who's been brought to his knees in front of her. And tell me why I shouldn't murder you now, Kingslayer, Usurper. I would have never experienced such... Things if it weren't for you. Oh, let, let, uh, calm down now. Brittany, I, I can understand your loss more than you would know. They didn't just take Athelstan, alright? They, they took Kara too. They sought the end of the White Hammer line. Who is they? Because last I checked, you and Athelstan were enemies. Then suddenly you're voting in King Aston. You think I want Aston as king? He tortured me at Athelstan's command back when they took me away from Kara, my love. And look, he points at Aias, you have a nephew. He is my son. Princess Kara and I had a child in hiding. At the time, she went as Vanessa, but she was still a white hammer. Do you understand what this means? We can retake the throne without another drop of Trailender blood being shed. We can persuade the council one by one. It's a good plan. Brittany, I know you are devastated, but Athelstan's death was far more complicated than you could ever imagine. Say his name one more time, and your head will be removed. Brittany kind of just calculates in her head. Anyone who tries to speak up, she's just giving them dagger eyes. Finally, she meets eyes with Ias, the sword still at Erwin's throat. And you, Ias, what would you have me do? As a king, what would you decide? I believe my options are arrest him for treason and murder, and put him with the other prisoners here. I am tired, and I cannot in my right mind make a decision, so I ask now, what would you have me do?
3: Lady Brittany, the cycle of vengeance cannot continue. He has made many mistakes, and I have been involved in a lot of them. But he's taken quite long strides to correct his actions, starting with the New Lands. He has made a vow to come home and correct the mistakes here in Trayland. I understand you're angry. I was angry for a long time, but dwelling on that is going to get us nowhere. We have to make actions now in order to restore things to the way they should be.
4: While she's considering, I walk up to... Um, Lady Brittany, and I put my hand on the small of her back and I say there are plenty of skulls that need bashed here. We're gonna get to that, but we don't have to start with Erwin's.
0: I am tired. Suddenly more tired than I can remember. Erwin Tonight, you will sleep a free man. You have the rowdy boys to think for that. You should take that into consideration before your next actions. It seems we have a lot to discuss here, and she takes the blade from his neck and sheathes it.
1: And I step away from him as well.
2: If if it helps at all, he is the one that brought us here in order to help you.
0: Thank you. Uh, I, I guess if it brought Rory back, then that is something, I suppose. All right, I need some time to think on things. Let us meet in the morning and discuss further, as I have a lot to uh, bring to the table for you. Thank you, Alfia for bringing this group here. I would like to be alone now.
1: Till next time.
0: So you guys leave the tents. Elfia um, and Ryla help get you guys situated with bedrolls and tents and all that within this small encampment. I'll say about an hour goes by. You guys can relax. Get your things settled. It's been a long journey for you guys. And everyone roll me perception checks.
3: Cool. I want to do an action if it's if it's available. Yeah, what would you like to do? Uh, I just want to head over to the tree. Oh, yeah, the okay. elder tree.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can go over to the elder tree, and what would you like to do there?
3: I walk up to the elder tree, and I kneel down at its roots.
0: And I will say, as you go back toward the elder tree... When you go into the aspens and look back, it is as if there is some type of illusion covering this camp. And it seems to be spreading from the willow branches of the elder tree.
3: So I stride up to the roots of the elder tree, and I just reach down, and in the dirt, I write three runes, and I connect them in a triangle, and then I write, I'm back, and then I walk away.
2: As
0: you come back, let's get those perception checks. And I'll actually exclude you, Aya, since you were out.
5: Seven. Nice. Ten. Six.
1: Twenty-four.
0: Wow. Althea asks... So what you- did I see?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Alfia, as you are leaving the tent that the Rowdy Boys will be staying in, you go over to your own tent. But before, you kind of take a moment to process everything. You lay Rory Jr. down for sleep he's still crying but you know he'll cry for a little while before he falls asleep. You go out and what what would you say is Alfia's like calm calm down thing like tea, a cigarette, like what what's her like, "Ooh, it's been a long day." She
1: just likes to go punch things. Nice.
4: <laughs> of
2: course. So that so- sounds like it runs in the family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So Alfia's like behind her tent punching a tree over and over. And over, and suddenly beyond the tree where the bark is breaking, your knuckles are getting a little bloodied, and I will say you still have the rest of your weapons on you, you see shadows about 20 feet away move that shouldn't have moved. Everyone else is probably like 40 feet back into the camp.
1: So I stop and I slowly take out my short bow and have it ranged and ready to shoot if something happens while at the same time slowly stepping back to get closer to the other people of the camp to try to tell them that we need to be prepared for something.
0: You keep eyes on this shadow and it looks like it's moving toward Lady Britt's tent. Shoot it. All right, give me an attack. It's a stealth attack, so it's at advantage. 22. Twenty two. You hit. You hear a yell, ha! and roll your damage with your sneak attack damage. It's at the bottom of all your attacks. Uh-huh.
1: So deal an
0: extra 4d6 of wow. damage. Extra forty-six. So yeah, you did 7 some, points of damage. Pass some, uh, some d6s, please. So 10, 11, 12, 13.
4: So 20. 20. Nice. Dang. This
0: arrow hits your target. It was making a beeline for the main tent the shadow turns toward you you see a gauntlet hand reach and break the arrow that's in its side the gauntleted hands then reach up and remove the cloak this man looks at you he has short black hair it's curly on top and he has a curled mustache he looks at you and says I thought I already killed you. I guess I can do it again. He grins and opens his mouth, and his fangs grow to half inches each, and he lunges toward you, pulling a sword and shield. Quincy. I'm going to cut back to the rest of y'all. Who got higher out of the perception in there? I got ten.
5: I... Got seven.
2: Six.
0: Oh, man. So, Rory, you're sitting across the fire from the two orcs, and something doesn't look right about their eyes all of a sudden. Their eyes are going from normal brownish black that they already were to suddenly their heads begin to shake a little bit. And one looks down and is wide eyed, and the other kind of sits back and grips the bench a little bit as each of their right eyes turn red. And each of their left eyes turn white. And you see them standing and pulling blades from behind them. Do I have my
4: weapons? Yes.
0: Okay. So we're going to... Um, you just want to
2: go by perception?
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. So, Rory, you get a full attack right now. Surprise attack.
4: Seeing that, I remember the image of the stag or the deer that has the two different colored eyes. And I'm seeing that they have that right now. So I'm immediately like on edge. And I don't think... I think that something bad is happening, Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to try and I'm going to try and disable them. I don't want to kill them. Sure. So I'm going to try and swing at their, like I'm going to try and sweep their legs up from under them.
0: Okay. So you're attacking one, and then with your second attack, attacking the other. Yeah. That's what I'm going
4: to try and do. And
0: give me, um, give me strength checks then instead of warhammer attacks. That's going to be twenty-two. Yep. You got the first one, and then ten. You are able to trip up both of them. You rush around the fire, bring your warhammer down. You literally clip the first guy's boot, and he falls to the ground. You then continue running, clip the other guy's leg, and he falls back onto the bench again. And you're standing there. Do you want to say something? Everybody to arms! Alfia, where are you? And I'm gonna.
4: Then can I do a perception check? You can.
0: Yeah, eighteen. You see Althea. She's on the right side of the tent. Rory Jr.'s crying in the tent. And then you see this like half shadowy, half human figure that you recognize as Quincy rushing up to her when his cloak opens and he pulls his sword and shield. The shield has, it's like in the shape of a viper's mouth with infinity symbols for eyes. And the fangs like come down the front of it and he's got a sword. He's like charging her. You see his mouth open, but you don't quite see what was happening there. On top of that perception check, you see two more Viper soldiers coming out of the woods and in through the illusion. And they're bearing the breastplate of the Vipers. It's purple with a silver snake emblem basically devouring itself. Ias, you come in, you see all this, but we're first going to go to Well, before can, oh, I, I want to try and get to like as close to them as I can. So you've already done your move action and your bonus action was I to moved. yell out. Yeah, cuz you had you were on the other side of the fire. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So Telnius, us you now have a turn. You see the orcs that Rory just debilitated. Disabled, yeah. um, not sure if you I don't think you see Quincy behind the place, but you do see these two other viper knights coming in.
5: I'm going to cast Magic Missile on the Viper attacker on the right. Give me a damage dealt. So, three missiles, seven points of damage. Nice. And uh, I'm going to move on the other side of the fire so that there's, like, the fire between me and the one that I just attacked.
0: Okay. Uh, We're going to go then to Colin. 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 Uh,
2: I'm going to... Reach with my left hand right behind my back and grab the barrel of my rifle and spin it around my wrist, and it's going to like pop right into my right shoulder in firing position. And All I'm right. going to.
5: Did you take sleight of hand as a.
2: No, that's just a cool thing that I'm doing. Oh, well, then you got to <laughs> roll that at disadvantage. Uh-huh. <laughs> It just doesn't. It just doesn't
0: intimidate anyone. Oh, okay. It's fine.
2: Uh, yeah, I intimidate myself. I'm like, damn, that was cool. Cool. Oh man, <laughs> I did not think that would happen. Uh, that is twenty-two. You definitely hit.
0: Go ahead and roll that damage. Fire. Nice. the rifle pops. Which viper were you going for? The one that Telnius already hit?
2: Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, four. Wait, you add dexterity to mm-hmm. damage? Yeah. Do I? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a dexterity.
0: So seven. Nice. Seven points of damage. All right, he's still up and moving forward, and we're going to go down to Ias. So what do I see? You're coming in through the main entrance of the camp. To your left is a viper. To your right is a viper. In front of you is the fire, Rory by two orcs, and Telnius on the other side of the fire, along with Kal'un. Okay. They're back closer to the larger tent. In an
3: instant, I pull out my Ambarant bow, and I notch an arrow, and I fire to the
0: right. All right, uh, give me a roll at advantage because this guy did not see you come through the entrance.
3: 23.
0: Roll your damage. Nice.
3: I fire to the right and hit him with 12 points of damage, and then I notch another one, and then I turn to the left and fire again.
0: Give me that roll at advantage.
3: 22. A hit. Five points of damage. That would have been better if my amulet worked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, He. they each take an arrow and... They're kind of surprised that there's this instant pushback. We're going to go now to their turns. Both of them are going to rush to you, Aya, since you were just the most recent that hurt them. Bring it on. First one misses. The second one also misses a six and a three. So, (laughs) yeah. So you draw your bow, attack twice. They rush up. Each swing their sword. You, You want to describe how you dodge them?
3: Sure. I, uh... As they're running to me, I pull out Vanessa and I block the first blow of the sword and the second one comes in and I step backwards away from it.
0: Nice. And so they're just right there in front of you. Both of them have missed. They're a little disillusioned. Uh, the two orcs spend the, half their move action standing up, but they're both looking at you and they're growling and the they each make a longsword attack on you. One of them being a critical hit... So the orcs are turning on us Yep, along with their eyes. Ah, yes. The critical hit comes down, and you take 12 points of slashing damage, non-magical. And the other one is a 20 to hit your AC. Does it hit? That's only going to be eight points of damage, the second one. Sir Quincy is going to race past Rory Jr.'s tent toward Alphea and he is going to first make a longsword attack. That's a 20 to hit your AC. Ooh, and it's, a, it's rough. So that's 12 points of slashing damage. And then after the, after the slash goes across your, across your chest, you then kind of feel this burning sensation on your chest as you take six points of necrotic damage. Go ahead and make me a constitution saving throw.
1: A five.
0: At the moment, your top hit points are now decreased to where your hit points are at right now. He then does his second attack, and he's going to do a shield bash, and that's a nat 20. Oh, I get to use my new D12 style D4s. I'm excited. You guys aren't. (laughs) So that is 17 points of damage, but it's not your minimal or your maximum. And now you're down to 17. So yeah, you're not looking good. And give me a, a strength check. Six. You are knocked prone. So he comes up, slashes you with his sword, and then bashes you with the shield. And he is going to come down next to your body. And he's going to say, I've taken quite a bit from you, I know. But what's left is your blood. He does a strength check to hold you down with his sword and shield. The strength check is a... I'm rolling really well, I'm so sorry. 23 I got. Got 13. So Rory, you hear that last line. Even though you're getting attacked by orcs and taking damage, you you look over because Alfea is your number one priority right now, and you see him rear his head back and these fangs about to bite Alfia. Cass and Riggs come out of their tent, kind of startled, and so does Ryla. Ryla rushes up to one of the orcs and she's gonna attack with her two Simtars and she hits with both. The first one takes 15 points of damage total as she, with both swords, just crosses his back. No. cast is going to shoot at one of the vipers around Ias, and unfortunately he misses he was just kind of like Riggs passed him up the gun real quick he takes aim and and one of the trees just the bark flies or flies from the bullet hit we're then going to go to Roy's turn
4: so yeah i see i see all that happen to my sister and so i just take off from where I was and I go into a rage as I start to move and just with all the momentum I can, I just jump right at Sir Quincy and try to tackle him to the ground the opposite direction. Strength
0: check at advantage and he'll take disadvantage since he's working to restrain
4: Althea. So that's going to be 17.
0: Yeah, you knock him back like 15 feet and so now you're kind of like on a knee between him and Althea. So that was your... move and your standard action. You still have a bonus action.
4: Well, going to an rage would have been a oh, bonus action. Oh, that's right. That's true. So, so, that's the end of your turn. Yeah, I'm just gonna stand there with my hammer, like, between... so that I'm between um, Quincy and my family.
0: Do you wanna say anything? You mess with my family no more! And we're gonna go now to Telnius.
5: Okay. So that I'm clear about placement, the two Vipers are currently engaged with IS. Yep. And then the two orcs are standing up but next to the fire.
0: Yeah, they're kind of to your right, and Ryla is the only thing between you and the orcs.
5: How much distance is there between the orcs and the vipers?
0: There's probably only 30 feet.
5: Perfect. I'm going to cast Black Tentacles.
0: Oh, nice.
5: I look at the ground and my eyes turn black and then my fingers kind of pulse and I pull my hand up and as my hand raises out of the ground, squirming ebony tentacles fill up the ground. I'm going to have them focused on the orcs. Unfortunately, I don't have enough room to get the orcs and the vipers, sure. but they're they're only five feet away from the vipers. And yeah, so they are um, squirming. Those two orcs need to make a dexterity save. DC 18.
0: Yeah, 11 was the highest I rolled.
5: Okay, them. so both of them take 12 points of Uh, bludgeoning damage. Uh, Magical. Nice. And they are also both restrained.
0: The black tentacles surround the orc that Ryla had damaged. So as the tentacles wrap around it, it restrains the orc until you can hear the bones cracking and uh, it gives its last shout as it goes limp in the black tentacles' arms. Something strange still happens though. Once it goes down, you see black separate from the black tentacles begin to wrap itself around the body as the tentacles kind of back away from it. And it's almost as if the orc has wrapped itself in a obsidian-like cocoon. The other orc screams out and he's like, Brother! No! And his red and white eye looks up right at you telnius but he's restrained by the black tentacles We're gonna go down to kalun
2: okay so i immediately instead of trying to reload my rifle i just drop it on the ground draw a gilic and run towards i don't want to go to the orcs because they're right in the middle of the, <laughs> the black tentacles. so i run right. towards the the vipers cool
0: so you'll flank them with is
2: yes cool and i will attack Nice. If I I assume I have enough... Uh,
0: attack with advantage. Both of them are engaged with IS, so that's flanking. That's <laughs> that, flanking for you. That's ya. flanking.
2: Sandwich. Uh, that would be 22. 22 hits. All right. So seven points of damage. Okay. And then on my second attack... Are you going for the same one or the other one? Did I kill the same one?
0: No, but he's looking far worse than the other one.
2: Okay, I'll go for that one still. Cool. 15.
0: One below. It was a 16 you're looking for. Yeah. For these guys.
2: Um, And then in my bonus action, I say, And I give Ias a bardic inspiration. (gasps) Noise! Let's go bardo inspo. Do I recognize the position that Rory's in, though?
0: You would have while you were running around the fire toward the vipers around Ias, You would have kind of glanced them before you made your attacks.
2: Okay. Sorry... Taylor, I think I would give my inspiration to Rory, because he's trying to save his sister. I thought I liked you.
0: (laughs) So you kind of like, you make your two attacks, do your damage, and then over your shoulder you see Rory and grant him the Bardic inspiration.
2: Yeah, like, I don't want to get in the middle of what Rory's doing, because it looks like he's grappling, but I want to help both.
0: Now we'll go to Aya. So you're now currently... You're flanking with the one who has taken the most damage. The other one, though, you're not flanking with. Excellent. Well, I guess you're within five feet, so it's flanking for both. Cool. Go for it. I'll take it.
3: I slash away with Vanessa to the right of me at the soldier. 22 for the first one. That hits. 11 points of damage. Nine of them are regular. Two of them are hot.
0: All right, though, yeah, you stab right into his side in between his armor, and he kind of just, oh, ah, and he's not looking very good.
3: Awesome. And then I turn to the left. 23.
0: Uh, yeah, 23 definitely hits. Go for it.
3: Yes. 11 points of damage, 7 points of hot. 11 points and then
0: 7 points of hot. So 18 total? Yeah. Wow. And how do you kill this guy? <laughs>
3: After I slash the first one to my right, I turn to the left and I just flip my blade around and then impale him through the sternum, and his body engulfs in flames.
0: Perfect. He's screaming, "No!"
3: I rip the blade clean from his chest and I shove him backwards.
0: Yeah, he just falls flat on his back right behind Kalun. At that point, we then go to rila who's stepping back from the Black Tentacles, she then rushes over to the war tent to look in. At that point, Lady Brittany has come out, and Lady Brittany is just trying to take in what's happening. And Ryla spends her turn pointing out the different spots. And Ryla saying, Queen, we have to go. We have to get out of here. Cass and Riggs. Go up for another shot as talon begins to kind of stumble out of his tent and <laughs> and take in what's happening Cass is gonna take his next shot at one of the vipers and he hit nice it's a long arm rifle so it's 3d6 and the other viper next to you he was like about to raise his sword because you just killed his friend And suddenly, blood just squirts from his neck as the bullet enters from the right of his neck and goes out the left. And he drops his sword and puts his gauntlet hands to his neck and he just falls to his knees and slumps over lifeless. Excellent. As Cass and Riggs, they switch long arm rifles again so that Riggs can quickly reload (laughs) uh, the next shot. Talon actually looks around and he whispers something and shoots out, it's actually magic missile at the orc that is restrained by the black tentacles. So they're gonna automatically hit. It's three of them. Wow. And with those last three hits, Talon just kind of like, you can tell he hasn't done anything in a while and he's kind of just surprised at himself. And he kind of like falters to a knee in a drunken, confused state. As the orc takes this damage, its eyes roll back the red and the white eyes roll back and the same thing happens to this orc it seems as if it's enveloped and cocooned in this obsidian strange material and then we're going to go back to Althea.
1: alright so I'm going to stand up perfect and then look at Quincy and from there I'm going to use my daggers I mean, how damaged is he?
0: He's not very damaged at all, actually. So I still
1: kind of want to stay away from him. Yes. So as a range then.
0: Perfect. Do you want to try to hide before? Because you would be able to get behind a tree at least.
1: Sure. Nice. 25 to hide.
0: Yeah, he does not see you.
1: Then I'm going to throw my daggers at him.
0: You get to throw two of them.
1: Okay. Because
0: of two weapon fighting.
1: A 19.
0: 19 hits. Do 1d4 for your dagger, and then 4d6 for your sneak attack damage.
1: 16.
0: Plus 4, so 20 points of damage. Dang, the first one slips, like, just where his armor ends on his collarbone. You get a dagger right there. Like, obviously, you're aiming for his face, but, yeah, you you get him for 20 points. Dang. And then you have your second attack, so roll your d20 twice. Dude, higher level rogues. Don't fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> but what? monks
2: are better,
1: though. Each 14.
0: Okay. And Plus. then what's your bonus? Plus seven. That's 21. You hit again. Roll all the same stuff. Ooh, nice. 17, 18,
1: 19.
2: Dang. Plus four, so 23.
0: The other dagger, actually, this one pierces his breastplate. Like, that's how powerful this dagger was thrown. And you can hear <gasps> as it punctures a lung. Kill him, Rory. And so we're now going to go to Quincy's turn, although he did not see where Althea went, he sees Brittany come out of the tent, and he looks at you, Rory, and he says, I, I cannot be killed. Or at least today's not my day. And he turns into a black smoke vapor, and out of that flies a bat straight over to Lady Brittany, and he comes into full form next to her.
4: Attack of opportunity?
0: (laughs) She's getting surprised attack.
4: I didn't know if I got an attack of opportunity.
0: No, because he flew around you. Uh, Of course he did. (sighs) So he did not. That's what I would do. (laughs) Can't blame him. He appears suddenly in front of her, and of course her face goes horror struck. He lifts her uh, by the throat, and he has his mouth open, fangs out. Rory, I believe it's your turn after. Okay. And he says, I've waited for this moment for so long.
4: (sighs) Okay, so I'm going to use, is he, which way is he? Is he facing away from me? Yeah, he's now got his back to you and he's only 30 feet away from you though. Okay, I want to get over to him as quickly as I can. I believe I can do dash as a bonus action. Okay. And as I'm coming at him, I just want to swing my hammer right at the side of his face. Go for it. Oh. Halfling lucky. Nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, so for my first attack, 14.
0: As you rush up to swing, he sees you coming for him and is able to basically just fall with Brittany restrained in his hands into the tent.
4: I still see him, though? Mm-hmm. Okay. I- I'm going to try and aim at one of the daggers that's already in his chest. Nice. To try and, like, push it in even farther. Go for it. Okay, right. so it's going to be 25.
0: That definitely hits, yes. Okay,
4: good. That's going to be 12 points of damage. I can't use Bardic Inspiration on damage, can I? Yeah.
2: Okay, I'm going to go Because I'm College of Valor. you can. Uh, what do I get a roll? Uh, D8. D8.
4: Nice. And another four points of damage. 16. Right
0: on that dagger. Nice. So, was it the one that pierced his Viper's breastplate? Yeah. So, you drive that one deeper, and you hear him gasp again, and... He suddenly realizes the position he's in. He then looks to you, and actual fear is in his eyes. Whereas before, he's been very cocky, very confident.
4: Can I add one thing? So I'm in a rage. I am not smiling. Whoa. Oh, shit. I'm
0: glaring. Scary. He then, in one last attempt, he fears you. He smiles, and he goes to vapor once more and slips back toward the back of the tent. When you look down at Brittany after he's left, there are two puncture wounds at her neck, and blood is dripping down, and she is shakily holding her hands up to the bite.